You know what success is? Success is when your kids want to spend time with you when they're adults. You can have all the money in the world, but if you're alone on the holidays, is that really successful? The best title in the world is dad. Welcome to the Principles of Success. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So today we are talking about kids. Once again, this is a subject that I personally don't have any experience with. So take it all with a grain of salt. This is all just secondhand knowledge, I guess. And from the experience of having the greatest parents ever... And I know lots of people say that. I 100% believe that I had the best parents ever on the planet. With all the health and mental problems me and my siblings had growing up, it's a miracle all of us are alive, let alone doing pretty decent. And I'm about to be a two-time uncle. Both of my sisters are pregnant right now, so that was kind of a funny coincidence. Both with their first kid. When I say my parents were the greatest, I don't mean they were perfect. There was plenty of faults. There was plenty of times when they were definitely in the wrong. But they did a phenomenal job. And I believe part of that is because we have something called the Family Proclamation. I urge you to look it up. We'll talk about it more in depth in a sec. But it's useful to have a framework, principles, to help you in parenting. And yes, just like I said at the very beginning of the episode, I am looking forward to seeing my parents. I know plenty of people who do not want to go home and see their parents. So, they're successful parents in my book. That said, your spouse comes first. I don't know why this is even an argument. I only heard about it within like the last couple of years that there's a big argument between who comes first. Do the kids come first or do the spouse comes first? And you can disagree with me if you want, but without a shadow of a doubt, in my mind, spouse comes first, 100%, no question. Because here's the thing. Your kids leave. If you're lucky, you get them for like 20-ish years. And then they go off and start their own families. Meet their spouse, and then their spouse becomes their priority, not their parents. Talk about that more in a sec. But your spouse needs to come first. One, because that's the person that you made a promise to, that you will be there for all time and eternity, no matter what gets thrown at you, including your kids. And if you want the best outcome for your kids... Your spouse has to come first. Everyone knows this, but it's not talked about enough. Divorce destroys children. Period. Even if they're adults, it destroys children. A unhappy marriage destroys children. So you have to put your spouse first. This is put your spouse before your job, put your spouse before your kids, put your spouse before pretty much everything, but I would say Heavenly Father. You have to put them first. If you disagree, you can always uh, let me know. But put your spouse first. Kids are very important. If you want your kids to turn out good, put your spouse for first. So now let's talk about the family proclamation. This is a religious document, but it sets a very good framework about how the family is supposed to work. And when it came, this this is just kind of a interesting nugget. When it came out about um, 20-ish years ago, the Church of Jesus Christ, which is my faith, was given a lot of flack over putting it out there because they're like, 
why'd you feel the need to put all this down on record? Like, everyone knows this. Like, of course, marriage is between a man and a woman. And that the, it's the guy's job to provide for the family. Like, of course, that, that's obvious. Why, why are you putting this down? Well, fast forward 20-ish years, and society seems to have forgotten how a healthy, functional family has to operate. Not should operate, has to operate. It's not a functional family if it's not operating this way. You're going to have problems. You're going to have problems no matter what, but... There's a reason why divorce is getting ridiculously high, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that the whole nuclear family has been destroyed. And the whole premise is responsibility. When you are building a family, when you choose a spouse, you are committing to responsibilities. And some of those responsibilities include to love, care, to lead them in righteousness, and provide for their spouse physical, and spiritual needs. You need to teach your children how to love and serve and to keep laws and commandments. Basic things like don't kill people or don't go robbing stores. And you might disagree with this next point, but children are entitled to be born within marriage. A child born out of wedlock, statistically, their whole life is almost guaranteed to suck. At least the first 20 years. Almost all of societal's main problems right now are due to children being born outside the bonds of marriage. Point blank, period, is one of the main causes for most of our societal problems right now. Now, that wasn't always the case. Like, starving was a pretty big problem back in the day. But that's not so much the problem now. Now it's more of everybody's has to have 20 pharmaceutical pills to keep them functional because they don't feel loved and cared for and because their nutrition's off and all this other stuff. But children are entitled to be born within marriage. And successful marriages and families are established and maintained on principles of faith, prayer, repentance, forgiveness, respect, love, compassion, work, and wholesome recreational activities. So those are kind of the principles of a successful marriage. You have to have faith. Faith in one another, faith in God. You need to pray, especially as life gets harder and harder. Repentance and forgiveness. You need to apologize. You need to let go of wrongs that other people have done. You need to show respect and love for your companion and for your children. You have to show compassion. Nobody wants a harsh judge. Your, your kids aren't going to tell you when they mess up if they know that you're going to scream and yell at them. Maintaining a family is hard work. You have to maintain relations with your spouse. You have to maintain relations with your kids. You have to provide for your kids. You have to nurture your kids. And then there's the wholesome recreational activities. You have to go do fun stuff with your family. Now, the fathers have three P responsibilities, the three Ps. And it is to preside, provide, and protect. So protect is pretty obvious. Your job, and everybody knows this, is if a burglar breaks into the house, your job is to go and tackle the burglar or shoot the burglar or do whatever to stop the burglar from getting to your wife and your kids. That one's pretty obvious. Another one, and this is the self-reliance Nathan talking, is to make sure that you have a year's supply of food. 
America is a very prosperous, lucky society. Even during the height of COVID, when food prices were skyrocketing, food prices are still skyrocketing, but when food prices were skyrocketing and there was food shortages everywhere, there was still plenty of food. It was just, geez, I can't find pasta. How am I supposed to make my spaghetti without pasta? Oh, well, I guess I'll make something else because there's still plenty of food. That wasn't the case all over the world. Lots of places um, were really struggling for, for food for a while. And it's honestly not over yet. We're at the end of a golden age, essentially. The Great Peace is what it's been called. And it's basically just the time where everybody got along and there was no wars because America basically was too strong in it and everyone was forced to get along with each other. That's breaking down. So some regions of the world, food security is going to become a major issue. And even on a micro level, your local area could be hit by a big disaster and you'd be really glad if you had food to feed your kids. Or on a financial level, food prices are getting ridiculous. They are about 25 to 5% the cost of what they were just a couple of years ago. And that's being gener generous. Did I say 3% or times? I meant times. They're double or triple the cost. And that's being generous. You might lose your job. Your job pays for, gives you money. That money pays for food to feed your kids. It's less of a crisis. You're able to protect and provide for your kids. This is, I've been slowly switching over to the provide. Actually, this whole time I've been switching over to provide. I don't know why I didn't just start on provide. Anyway, it's your job to provide for your kids. And if you can't, if you don't have a job to provide for your kids, it would be sure nice if you had the food supplies to provide for your kids. And then preside or preside. This doesn't mean you're the boss and what you say goes. This means that it's your job to make decisions for your family and to be thinking of your family first, not your personal desires, your family first, making sure that they are protected and provided for and in a spiritual sense, your job is to preside over them as the patriarch, the guy who's supposed to lead them spiritually. Mothers, you have one job. Your job is to nurture your children, to take care of your children. I still, I had a really brutal day yesterday. It was just a grouchy worthy day. Called my mom, talked, ranted to her for a good 45 minutes. I don't need a counselor. I have my mom. Your job is to nurture your kids. So that's the family proclamation. And that's the bulk of what I wanted to talk about today. But there's a few other things that we might as well talk about. Other principles. Um, we don't need to go into depth in it. His needs, her needs. It covers the needs of people. Pretty, it covers them pretty well. Now, obviously, not all of them are going to translate to your kids. Like, for instance, a man's biggest need is sex. I think it's safe to say that you should avoid that one. But make sure to meet your kids' needs more than just their physical needs, like a place to sleep and a warm meal. Make sure that they feel loved, have affection, spend, you, spend time with them, going into the five love languages. Time, touch, compliments, words of affirmation, gifts, and acts of service. Now, what is love? Love has many different definitions. It's one of those things that we, as a human being, can't quite define. But love, one of the ones that I like, in, especially in this particular sense, is love is recognizing something special about you that I cherish. Find something about your kids. Find something about your spouse. 
that you cherish. And then, of course, make sure you show that love by meeting their needs and by speaking the different love languages. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then my next principle for kids, for some reason, is become someone worth dating. I don't think that one's supposed to go there. Actually, I think I have a whole section of marriage notes that got put in this episode instead of last episode. So I'll just go through them real quick, because I might have missed them last episode. Um, Your responsibility is to be a boss of yourself. This can apply for both your kids and for your spouse. You need to develop yourself. Men, you need to work on increasing your strength... Emotional, mental, physical competence, and being charismatic. Women, I just did a book review on the seven irresistible qualities that men find in a woman. Increase that. Increase your likability. And marriage companion competence is highly valued. I don't care what you do for a living. In fact, I don't even want my wife to do something for a living. I want her to be a stay-at-home mom. So I value things like, does she like cooking? Is her house a giant slob heap? Things like that. Improve your competence. And you should try, both, everyone, you're trying to become someone worth dating, become perfect. Each day, your job is to become and do better. Your job in a relationship, and this applies for parents. Now, I can, your job as parents is to try and become the best parents that you can be. Yeah, I was wondering where these notes went. So, let's talk about the marriage market real quick. A high-earning woman might be worth a lot of money in the market, but it doesn't mean she's a valuable woman when it comes to marriage. Guys, don't care about your money. And guys, it doesn't matter if you're nice. If you're not confident and charismatic, it doesn't mean you are high value in the marriage market. Now, ladies, you have the cornerstone. You have a monopoly on the dating market. Guys have to pursue you to start a relationship. But here's the thing. Guys have the monopoly on the marriage market. Just like in business. If you want to acquire a client, you have to become more valuable to the point where they're like, yes, I'll give you my money. When it comes to marriage, you have to become a valuable, meritable partner to the point where the guy will say, you know what? This girl is pretty awesome. I think I will chain myself to her and have the high risk of her taking half of my stuff and dealing with all the drama that comes with women. For most guys, marriage is pretty scary. So you have to become valuable enough to make him want to marry you. Now, back to kids. If the marriage episode hadn't already gone live, I would have just plugged that section in, but might as well. Kids. When they get married, and this is probably how it happened, um, when they get married, it is important to remember That your turn is over. You got your 20 years in. Maybe 30 years in. You got your 30 years. If you did your job right, like at the very beginning of the episode, your kids will want to spend time with you. They will make an effort to come spend time with you. And that means 
you should be seeing them more than just at Christmas time. Because here's the thing about Christmas time. Here's the thing about holidays in general. If it's the only time you see your kids, you are going to put a lot, a lot of pressure on them that they have to come see you for the holidays. And that's a very selfish thought. Now again, I'm excited to go home for the holidays. I'm also not married. Once I am married, it'll be between me and my wife of what we are going to do for the holidays for our family. Because once I'm married, once I have a spouse, my family is my spouse and my kids. The parents and the siblings are extended family. Now in general, how I've seen most couples go about it is every other year. One year you go to the dad's, to the guy's side of the family. The other year you go to the girl's side of the family. How my family did it is um, because my dad's family lived in Colorado about eight hours away or 10 hours away. It was about 10 hours away at the time. Um, Every other year we would go up for Christmas. And then on the alternate year, we went up during the summer. And then as things have advanced throughout the years, now it's just Colorado for Thanksgiving and mom's side of the family for Christmas because all of the kids are adults now. And my mom doesn't want to be traveling because then she doesn't get to see her kids. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is quit pressuring, quit being butthurt, quit being a selfish jerk and pressuring your kids to come spend the holidays with you when they have their own family matters to attend to. Sometimes that'll be going to the spouse's family. Sometimes... That'll be not going anywhere because the spouse just needs a nice relaxing break. Regardless of what it is, they're adults now. They have their own lives. If they're married, they have their own family. And you can't treat your adult children like you treat your kid children. And my parents have been phenomenal about this. My sister missed Thanksgiving. We teased her a little bit. But she missed Thanksgiving, and this was the first year, she was the first one to do it, because she was having Thanksgiving with her in-laws instead of us. Not a big deal. Grandma was upset because that's the only time she sees her in a year. If your kids see you more than just once a year, it shouldn't be a big deal if they miss the holidays. Now, more on adult kids. Once they start getting older, your job goes from teaching them how to read, how to ride a bike how to socialize with the other kids, being the boss, and it slowly should transform into a wise confidant advisor. I call my parents up all the time for advice. Like, what do I do about this? What do I do with this? I'm struggling with this. What's your thoughts? And then they give me their advice. And then we have a mutual respect because we're both adults that I will take their advice and then make my own decision and the parents don't get upset when I decide to go against their advice. And it's also your job as a parent to help your kid out as much as possible. Not to just baby them, but I don't live at home for several reasons. But I have never understood the stigma, particularly in America, against living at home. Housing is expensive. How it almost always worked, historically, is you lived with your parents until you got married, 
And then your parents and you worked together to build you and your new spouse a house. And while that hasn't quite played out with me and my family, I built my own house. Like, and when I say built, I mean I built it, not a contractor. My dad and my brother and all of my family, in fact, were very helpful, very important. It would not be in existence if it wasn't for my family. And yes, I got a little bit of financial help when I was buying the land because it was just slightly out of my price range because I had just invested $10,000 and I didn't have access to it. Um, and they were, my parents, more than happy to help. My brother helped. And then my grandparents on one side of the family, perfectly eager to help. And it wasn't a whole lot. It was a thousand here, a thousand there. I was just a hair short. The interesting thing, and I've thought a lot about this, was parents, brother, grand, one set of grandparents were all super eager to help and support. The other grandparents not only were completely unwilling to help, luckily I didn't need their help, but they also were trying to talk my brother out of helping. And I understand, in their own way, they were trying to help and protect my brother because finances can get tricky. And it's the grandparents, not the parents. But I personally have a hard time with that because... In my own personal belief, it is your job to help your kiddos out in any way possible. Now, this isn't making a silver spoon child that you spoiled. This is, here's a golden opportunity. Let me lend you a thousand bucks so that way you can seize this opportunity. Oh, you're trying to build a house? Here, let me lend you my experience and hands to help you build the house. It doesn't have to be big things. A lot of you don't have a lot of extra money. My parents certainly don't. It's the, that was the one time I borrowed money and I paid it back as fast as I could because I've always had more money than my parents. But it can be simple things like your kid is struggling with finals. If they're at all decently close, bring them some meals. Cook them up a couple of dinners that can be frozen and bring it up to them so that way they don't have to worry about feeding themselves while they're freaking out about finals. Even once your kids are adults, I believe it's your job to try and help them as much as possible. And then, of course, to love them, respect them, and honor them as individuals. And again, this was all from a non-parent, so... And this was honestly a very weird episode. I don't know what was up with this episode. But with that, I will see you all next week. I just realized there's one more thing I wanted to talk about, and that is the importance of support. See, one of the reasons why I think my parents are the best parents on the planet is because I have always had someone in my corner. It doesn't matter what I'm doing, what I'm struggling with, I always know that my parents have my back. And this is both for physical support, like going out to the woods and helping me build a house, or emotional support. And it could be anything about, I'm struggling with this in my business, or girls suck, why can't I find wife? And that honestly is something, unfortunately, very rare. I have the most ridiculous supportive family I know of. Now, it's not blind support if I'm doing something stupid. They absolutely will tell me. But if it's a ridiculous pipe dream, they'll be like, that might be a little challenging. What can we do to help? And again, to bringing up my grandparents, I really dislike the fact that I've been raking them over the coals today. They're my great-grandparents. Um, the same set that tried to talk my brother out of helping me. Ever since I bought my property, ever since I've built my house, every conversation I've had has been 
you probably should sh should sell that because you're never going to talk a girl into moving across the country with you to go live in it. Where's the nearest Walmart? Oh, it's about a hour away? Yeah, you're never going to be able to talk a girl into moving out there. It's out in the countryside next to a very small town. And of course, I'm human. I'm going to have those doubts anyway. But grandparents versus parents and siblings and the other grandparents um, is... When I say I'm never going to find a girl and I'm never going to become successful enough to do this, I'm never going to accomplish what I want to accomplish, they are always, 100% of the time, sure you will. It might take some time. Might You might have to make a couple of sacrifices. But overall, sure you will. I have no doubt in my mind you'll be able to accomplish it because anything that you put your mind to, you can accomplish. So that emotional support, knowing that my parents have my back, and are willing to help in whatever way they can, and when I get discouraged, are more than happy to encourage me, and they don't doubt me, is a very powerful recipe for success. Because I'm no better than you guys. I have self-doubts all the time. Before recording this episode, I was like, ugh, what's the point? All of it's pointless. There's something I've been working on for a long time, and it's still not working. So what's the point of doing the podcast? I can't even get my other stuff to work right. So what's the point of this? I have all of my doubts, just like you guys. But I have that support network, so that way when I'm struggling, I can call somebody. And they're like, no, you, you might have failed at that, but you learned this and this, and that'll help you throughout it. And imagine, just think about it. How much money have you made since you did that thing from the skills you learned when you did that thing? I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good point. So, support your kids. Encourage them. They have plenty of self-doubts themselves. They don't need you pushing them down when they're gasping for air. And everyone is always gasping for air. <laughs>